Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett and I'm your host. I am so excited for today's wonderful Freedom Ride episode, and also because I get to introduce you all to our new West Coast correspondents on Dog Save the People. You may recall the episode titled, You Got This, from this past January, where I spoke with Ellen Belandante and Lindsay Bird of the Deity Animal Rescue in Los Angeles. We had such a great conversation about our love of dogs, veganism, and their adorable luxury dog boutique in Beverly Hills. Talking to them felt like we'd known each other forever. They are heavily involved with the super active dog rescue world of LA, and they know so many people with great stories out there. So we have invited them to be guest hosts this year on some episodes as we look to cover how dogs change our lives on both coasts. I'm going to speak with Lindsay right now about the first episode they did for us. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing today? Hi, doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. I'm so glad to have you guys as our West Coast correspondents. Oh, we're so excited. I'm actually here without Ellen today. She's out on a rescue mission, but I'm here to tell you all about uh, the podcast. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm so glad to have you and Ellen involved. So can you tell me a little bit about our first guest of this episode? Uh, yes, our first guest is our dear friend, Peter. He was actually the first person we met while Ellen and I opened our store here in Beverly Hills. He would walk his dog by every night. And for some reason, the dog would just keep stopping at our door. So he finally came in and we chatted a bit. He told us a little bit about his story and we could not wait to learn more. So his name is Peter. He is an American Greek soccer player and he was playing professionally in Greece for many years where there are tons of stray dogs. And there was one who just really connected with him, and that was Jack. And it's a really fabulous story of how he became part of the family and how Peter just aimed to give Jack the best life possible. Oh, I love it. Amazing. It's a love story between Jack and Peter, but also Peter and his fiance Natasha, who was just so down for the ride and taking this dog in. And she really became the love of Jack's life, too. Wonderful. So here's Peter Filipakos in his Freedom Ride episode. I love dogs, but I was never like dying to have one. And also, even if I wanted one, my father didn't. He's like old school Greek. They actually think like dogs are for outside. So it wasn't even a thought in my head. Also, being a soccer player before I was with Natasha, you're traveling all the time. I was alone. So it would be unfair to just get a dog. It would almost be selfish. Like, I just want the dog, but push him off to someone else. You go see him. I have to go to preseason for 30 days. I was like, it won't be fair to the dog. The number one thing I always thought is, is timing is really important in life, in anything. So Jack kind of came across at the perfect time in my life. He came in, was at a point where I was ready to have him, where I had settled down more in my life. The thing with Jack, which was weird, was, so he was born in Crete, in the city in Greece. He was born, there was a litter, you call it? So eight pit bull puppies. And the neighbor who had children said, I don't want eight of these dogs next to my home. So they threw poison over the yard all of them died except jack and these are true i'm gonna tell you true stories now. i'm not making it up <laughs> because as i got jack and as i was walking around the town and people couldn't believe oh i remember that dog listen to this story listen to this and they kept i kept learning his background he got out of that house and was astray someone found him took him in because a friend of this person who just took him in was looking for fighting dogs so he calls his friend and says hey i found a dog on the street i think he's a pit bull mix 
I'll give him to you to be a fighting dog. They take him there, and you could see when we found him, his tail was like that. You know how his tail is. They didn't cut his ears, but just his tail. So I guess they wanted him to be a fighting dog. That guy realized this isn't a fighting dog. It's the sweetest dog on this planet. Ties him to a tree with an aluminum chain. Just left him there to die. No food, nothing. I get a piece of this next story from someone else I had met. They're like, that dog, I remember, I saw him chained to a tree. And they're like, he would sit there all day and pull, pull, try and break this thing. He's just the most resilient dog. Like, his will to live is insane. Breaks the chain, finally. And we learned from someone else now that there was a point he was running around this town with a chain. Like, no one would get close to take it off. So it was just a rip, basically, metal chain running around the town. So people thought he must be crazy, no one go near him. Finally, someone, thank God, said this is a good dog, like, he's not aggressive, let's take this thing off him, give him some water, give him some food. And the first people who started actually feeding him and like giving him love for the first time were these Dutch women who had a salon in that town. So that was like the place he felt safe, he would hang out with them. And people started learning he's such a good dog. There was another guy that every night, this is a weird thing, he wouldn't go in the morning. Jack, every night at the same time, would go to this guy's restaurant and he'd give him a sausage. So this guy nicknamed him Sausage. So this is why as I took him in, I started learning more. I heard someone say, hey, that's Sausage. I'm like, what? He's like, no, your dog, I nicknamed him Sausage. He'd come to my restaurant every night. So Jack finally had some people starting to give him love, but also there were kids who would mess with him. There's like a big nightlife in that city where you could just imagine that night drunk people. People would also say, we used to see people throwing rocks at him. Someone burned him with something. He has a little burn mark on the back of him. So that's his story, how he really shouldn't even be alive. Like what he went through with not eat, like getting poisoned and not becoming a fighting dog and breaking away from that chain and just never gave up really. Like most dogs would just probably lay next to that tree and die of starvation. Like this dog wanted to live. There was a reason he was supposed to keep living, I feel. So quick, I'm going to give you my backstory. So go to Greece as a professional soccer player. Things were going very good for me beginning of my career. Good money, was getting publicity, fame, won the Greek championship, getting called up to like the national team, like everything perfect for what I thought at the time was perfect. So a lot of things were coming too easy in my life. I didn't start low and work, you know, to get to the top where I could appreciate it. Like literally from the day I moved to Greece, you know, signed a big contract, everything good. The next year, the biggest team bought me, like things were coming way too easy and I was picking up bad habits in my life. So around probably the age of like 22, 23 was, I was finding it tough to get the money I was making or get signed by another big team that I wanted to go to. They kept saying, yeah, this kid has unbelievable talent, but you know, we've heard he goes out. We heard the people he hangs around. So I hit like kind of a low point in my career. I'm like, this is crazy. I got to kind of leave Athens. Like Athens is kind of like LA in that there's a lot of distractions around you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's better to go to a smaller city where you could focus on what your profession is and what your passion is. So the only team that wanted me was this team in Crete, which I'd never even heard of this team. I knew one kid on the team and I called him, I said, and I asked about, you know, what the team's like, the organization, the he's like, look, I'm very happy here. He was from Athens as well. He's like, it's exactly what you need. You're gonna love football, soccer again. So I'm like, all right, perfect. That's all I need to hear. I didn't care about the money. I said to the president, whatever, I'm coming to play there. I don't care about anything. So signed a one year contract. The time I got there is the time they say Jack was born. When I found Jack, a year later from this though, when I signed for that team. So I played the whole first year on that team and never met Jack, never bumped into him. He was alive, walking around that town doing whatever, and I was 
walking the streets, walking the training, going places. I had never bumped into him. And I had seen a million stray dogs. Mm -hmm. And I used to pet stray dogs and give them food and stuff. And Jack is someone I would have, a dog I would have remembered 100%. The first year ends in this team in Crete, that my contract ends. And I had gotten everything I wanted to get out of it. I played amazing. I was so fit, starting to get offers again. Very good choice career-wise going to the city. I re-sign. So I go back the second year. Natasha still wasn't living there full time. There's one night I ordered pizza, actually. Instead of like just throwing the garbage out the next day, I said, let me take this pizza box down. There was one piece of pizza left in this box. I go down and I see this dog running at me. And didn't really look like a stray, kind of looked like a big dog from far away. And my first thought was actually like, like someone's dog got loose. So then it was Jack. And when he got closer, you can tell in a second, like, he's the sweetest dog. It was just, I knew, like, this is a good dog. So I take this piece of pizza out. I give it to him. Eats it in like half a second. You can't believe it. So I give him the pizza. I go back in my house, just like I had fed other strays. Go back in my house, go to sleep. Wake up to go to training. Over my front door, Jack is there in front of the front door, tail wagging like crazy. So still didn't think much. I'm like, oh, this dog's here. So I used to walk to the training ground. It was like 20 meters from my house. So walk to training. I hear like his nails and he's coming behind me. So I'm like, all right, that's, he's following me. So I go into training, change, start training. You know, now my mind is on training mode. Like I'm not thinking about the dog at all. Finish, shower, get changed, leave the training ground. He's right outside of the doors of the training center. So I'm like, he waited for me this whole time. I actually, that day I'll never forget, after training, I had to go to the bank in the supermarket. I had to go get cash, go to the supermarket. So I walk to the bank, Jack follows me to the bank. It's like a glass window you could see in the bank from outside. So I'm in line, Jack is sat upright, perfect, just staring at me in line at the bank. So as the lines move, I'm moving up in the line, I get to a point where there's a column between where I am in line and where Jack's sitting outside. And I see him get up, go like a couple feet to the like left, that he's direct in line with me again and sits back down so the column's not blocking us. He just had to be focused on me. So the person behind me in line is like, how'd you train your dog to do this? Would know. I'm like, that's not my dog. They're like, are you kidding me? So I get out of the bank, go to the supermarket. Follows me to the supermarket, waits outside of the door. I'm in the supermarket for maybe half an hour. And I'll never forget this because it was like chaos outside of the supermarket. It was like a big center of a lot of shops. And as I'm coming out of the supermarket, you're seeing people rushing to the left, right, and dead in the center of the doors, Jack sat upright just staring in the supermarket waiting for me. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be a problem now because, again, Natasha didn't live there. I'm alone. And living in Crete, 90% of the matches were in Athens. I was flying to Athens constantly for matches. I'm like, what am I going to do if I get too attached to this dog? Because the thing a lot of people in America, when they hear his story... They think, how did you not take him in from day one? You left a stray on the street. But you have to know in Europe, like seeing a stray dog isn't anything abnormal. Right. There's strays everywhere. So especially in the city I found them in, in Crete, it's like a I guess village you can call it. Not that many people. You kind of know everyone. And so especially for the strays, everyone knew the strays. They had names as well. So they took care of them. So it wasn't weird to feed a stray and then you go home and leave the stray there. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but it was just very normal. So me and Jack had that relationship. I hadn't taken him in straight away because we were, me and Natasha and my fiance were doing a long distance relationship. She was finishing university here and she would come like once a month or sometimes twice a month to Greece. So I couldn't at that point bring him in full time. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like for the moment working that he would come in the house, I'd feed him, I'd go places, he'd follow. If I had an away game, 
I knew the people in that town at that point knew, okay, Peter loves that dog. Let's look after him, feed him. But he wasn't like mine. And at that point, people in the town kept saying, look, we know this dog. For a year, we've seen him walk the streets. He has never done any of this to anyone to literally stick to your side. And there's been people who really know him and take care of him. So anyway, slowly bringing him in the home. Slowly, he's getting more comfortable. So Natasha finally visits. I had an away game. I'm not there. Natasha had the key to the house, obviously. And I said to her, look, Jack's going to be outside of the door. Just don't be scared or whatever. I mean, she wasn't scared at all. I'm like, just open the door. He'll go in with you and just take care of him while I'm at this game. I'll be back. She got there at night in Crete, and I was coming that morning, landing that morning. So she spent the night with Jack. Funny thing is Jack has no clue who Natasha is. He knows that's my house. So when I ask what happened, Natasha's like, I got to the front door. I opened it. He walked in ahead of me almost like, all right, like it was his house. Didn't even like really pay attention to who's this. He just said, oh, you're opening the door. I'm going in. So they hung out that night. I come home, but I said, look, don't let him sleep in the bed. He had a lot of fleas on him. I didn't know much if he had any diseases or anything. I didn't take him to a vet or anything. So I come home, like, where's Jack? And Natasha lifts the covers. He's under the covers on the bed, like snuggling up to her. And I'm like, all right, we have a dog now. That's like, this is bad. Like Natasha was attached that minute. Like, and it's almost like Jack knew, like, this is perfect. I have a mom and a dad. I love her. Like after that, he had to be ours. But then again, he wasn't like officially, I guess like we didn't take him in, give him shot. Like we had it going like I did before. Like now he was sleeping in our apartment, but he would still like go to the door almost like he wanted to go pee and stuff. And he'd kind of go hang out and then come back later. It was like, I'm going to go out, pee, go see some people and come home. And this was happening for like weeks. The next thing that got us closer to really taking him in is a funny story. So I had a couple of days off around Christmas time. I had family from New York fly to my house in Athens, and we were going to fly from Crete to Athens to see them for five days. So again, I said to my neighbor, please look after Jack. I have to go. I have family who flew into Athens. I'm going to go see them. Me and Natasha pack our suitcases, which Jack gets in her suitcase. We didn't know if he understood, like, he stood in the suitcase. Like, he understood we were leaving. He saw clothes being packed, and we noticed, like, he's acting a bit different. So it was the first time he had ever seen us both together leave. Like always now when I would go to game to matches, Natasha would stay with him. So now he was watching us both pack stuff and get together. Car service comes downstairs. We get in the car and start driving towards the airport. So we're driving. I look up and I see in that rearview mirror on the highway, Jack sprinting after the car. Sprinting. You could just see this dog with everything he has in his body sprinting as fast as he can. She sees that, starts crying. I land in Athens. I call Delta. I'm like, I want to change my ticket to come home earlier. So we change it to come home earlier. I could not get this image out of my head while I'm with my family in Athens. I'm just thinking, I got to get back to Crete. Change the ticket, come home earlier. Oh, in the meantime, I had called my friend and my neighbor. And I'm like, look, Jack was like running after us. Have you seen him? And he actually said like, no, I haven't seen. I saw him that day. But he's like, but I haven't seen him today at all. So now I'm like getting worried, getting more attached. So we booked a ticket to come home earlier. We land, put our bags in the house, and just go start walking the streets. It was nighttime. So me and Natasha just hit the streets, starts walking at night. Cannot find him anywhere. We're walking all over. You get to the point where we're like, all right, let's just go back home. Obviously, he's going to pass by this house again. There's no way. So as we decide, let's just go back home to sleep. As we're in front of the house, in the distance, we see this shadow of like, like the outline of a dog, I guess. We're like, is that Jack? And we see his him realize it's us from that far away. Like in the dark, we see these ears go up. 
and just sprinting towards us as fast as he ever could. Almost like their back, like relief, more comfortable, like gets in the house, jumps on the couch, like almost like, no, no, I'm making this my house. So that's when we're like, all right, we need to take this dog more serious. We're never leaving him again like that alone. All this, I don't want it to come across to like an American listener, like, why did you even let this much time pass? Letting him go out. But like I said, like in Europe, it's so different. What we were doing for us was considered, people kept saying to me, this is amazing what you're doing for him, letting him sleep in your house. Like it wasn't normal to take in every stray. Right. They had their own actual commu- like community. Right. Like Jack was known in his pack. They'd say he was like the leader. Yeah. This was the final straw. Like we said, okay, everything has to change. So when my second contract was up in Crete and I moved back to Athens now, I mean, I could have slipped into the same crowd of people I was around. So the fact that now I moved back to Athens with Jack, it was funny because a lot of my friends would say, what happened to you? Like, we thought you moved back to Athens. We're going to hang out all day. Where are you? They just didn't see me. It was just all about Jack. I'm looking at this is the thing sent to me from someone I think to save my life. I have to protect this thing more than anyone's ever protected. This dog really, really did save me. And it got me to realize I have everything in life. Even my career, I don't care about as much as I used to. I have Natasha. I have Jack. Life is good. Anything besides that, I don't care. I retired at 30, by the way. I had no reason really to retire. And I'm going to tell you why Jack is the reason for this. Soccer was my life. Athens was my life. Like, obsessed with it. Just, I knew everyone there. People treated me well. The fact that Jack made me say, okay, the vets are better in America. So I started, like, my life became Jack. That's it. I come second. And I was like, I need to put him in the place where he has the best diet, the best vets, the best, like, you know what I mean? The best situation for him. And the stuff I do may sound crazy that you retired from soccer just so you could hang out with your dog. Like, nah, it's bigger than that. My destiny was to get back to there, to find Jack and save his life, and to live out however many years he has left. Hey, Lindsay, that was great. I loved hearing about Peter's story and this unusual story about how Jack came into his life. Yeah, it was so fun to chat with him and get the inner details. It's so great. I especially love the part where Jack chases their car to the airport. Isn't that epic? Such a movie scene. (laughs) Yeah, it totally does. And it really does feel like it was destiny that brought them together. I think it was. And I think it was destiny that we opened our store here on Doheny and they came to visit us every day. I know. And you know, it's funny because my dogs have certain stores that they love to go into. And it has really led me to meeting all these new people. And you just never know who's going to walk into your store. That's the truth. And I like to think that it's because the energy in here is wonderful. But what I really know is that there's a lot of dog pee smells around here that's drawing everybody in. (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us. It was so nice to chat with you guys again. Lindsay, it was a wonderful episode. Thank you so much. And I look forward to our next episode together. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.